Hi, this is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I'm Jane. And I'm Shannon. And today our topic is how to hear God's voice. I think this is really important. I think it is too. I think it's an interesting concept too because I think people have misconceptions about the voice of God or what God would sound like or the fact that God even speaks anymore at all. I think some people, when they say people hear from God, I think they are thinking of like a movie version where they hear this, hello, this is God, you know, and that's that's not what it is. But Well, it, it can be. I mean, Well, it could be. God could do that. Moses had a burning bush and, and the voice of God has been heard by many people as we look through history. But um, personally, I've never heard God speak audibly to me in that way, but that doesn't mean it's not possible because it does happen. But um, God's voice has been described uh, biblically through, in so many different ways, uh, like thunder, like a whirlwind, like a, uh, earthquakes and exodus. Um, he speaks in all these loud, thunderous ways. Uh, in Revelations, it talks about how uh, lightning and thunder pre- proceed from the throne of heaven. So, yeah, that that is possible, and that happens. But I think there's there's a lot of other ways that God can speak to us as well. Right, but as you since you brought that up, because I have a little list of what does God's voice sound like. Yeah, and because uh, I thought it'd be interesting to to hear this in uh, Psalm nineteen, mm-hmm. and God can sound anything like anything He wants to sound like. I mean, He's created everything, but Psalm nineteen says the heavens are telling of the glory of God, and their expanse is declaring the work of his hands. So you can say God's voice sounds like the big blue sky or a sky filled with stars. And then in Psalm 29.3, it says, I'm turning in my Bible here. Psalm 29.3 says, The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. So it's like thunder, like you had said. Or Revelation 19.6 says it sounds like many waters. I kind of think of that as like the ocean. You know, yeah. the waves crashing. Yep. And I, I pulled up Romans one twenty in the same line here. Ooh, read that one, yeah. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Sometimes God speaks to us not audibly but visually. Right in Psalm Psalm nineteen nineteen three. I was just in Psalm nineteen three, but three says there is no speech nor their words. Their voice is not heard. But obviously, like in that Romans one twenty and this Psalm where it was talking about heaven, it's the silence. Mm-hmm. The silence of God speaks to us. Well, and God's creation alone can do that too. Uh, Job twelve seven through ten says, "But ask the animals, and they will teach you; or the birds in the sky, and mm. they will tell you; or speak to the earth, and it will teach you; or let the fish in the sea inform you." Which of all these does not know that the hand of God has done this? In His hand is the life of every creature and the breath of every of all mankind. God can use anything to speak to us, to communicate with us, to uh, inform us, to nudge us, to push us. Elijah heard it in, well, some vers- versions say a, a, silent, a small, still voice or mm-hmm. in First uh, Kings nineteen twelve. but mine says, it's the New American Standard Version, a, a gentle blowing, and that's how he heard God's voice. 
Yeah, I, I read something really neat about that. Um, it was online at uh, gotquestions.org talking about the still small voice. And this was an interesting perspective. I'm not sure exactly who wrote this one, but um, it talks about the difference between the thunder and the still small voice. Okay. The still small voice is only mentioned once. Yeah, that in the one. Bible, and in Elijah. That is the one time with Elijah. Yeah. And at that point, Elijah had run, was running from Jezebel. All the other prophets had been killed. He was hiding and he was lamenting to God that everybody else has been killed and they're after me. And God was taking care of him and all that kind of stuff. But he said, I'm going to show you my voice. And he went and he did all these things. And the concept here was that God was telling him it doesn't have to be thunder or lightning Mm -hmm. to be an answer for you. Sometimes it's that still small voice. And this writer made the concept of the fact, or made the context between the two of being the difference between law and grace. Oh. The law will come as thunder and lightning. Mm. Grace is that gentle whisper, that gentle voice. I love that. Yeah, I like that too. That brings me to this. I was going to share this later, but uh, Matthew 6, 6, and this is the message translation. Jesus is saying, here's what I, excuse me, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. Hmm. Isn't that good? That goes along with hearing his voice. And that's that's something that's um, it's well understood by most Christians who have, who have a, a grasp of the Bible is the fact that Jesus wanted that communication with the Father on a daily, regular basis. And he always sought solitude for that. Yeah. He went to a quiet place by himself. He went to a solitary place, whether it be a mountaintop or wherever he went. He went away from distractions and away from all the other things that kept him from the Father and focused. And I'm sure the chaos, I mean, when you think about the Gospels and Jesus as, a, as an itinerant minister healing people and going everywhere, there were crowds following, there were people yeah. constantly demanding. And he still took the time to go away from it all. And Jesus, as fully human and fully God, Needed that too. Yeah. He needed that alone time with God. I think that's one of the biggest things that we miss when we're trying to listen for God's voice is we don't shut off everything else. Yeah. We we don't find a way to separate the rest of our life from our relationship with God. And that's what we have to do. It has to be a separate thing. We've got to get rid of the distractions. Oh, the white noise is just insane. Well, that... When Jane and I, in our bedroom, we always have a fan on at night. Oh, yeah. Why? Because it's just a, it's a numbing noise that you can, you don't hear the creaking in the house or anything else going on because you just have that blinding noise that just blanks everything out. And especially in modern life with all the things we got going on, boy, we have a lot of white noise to try and conquer, to shut out. And all of it will compete with God's voice. It will. And uh, since you brought that up, first I want to, if someone says, okay, what does God's voice sound like? And we just said a bunch of them. And, and God can speak to us audibly. He can do whatever he wants. But I think most often, I guess from my my experience, it's often like an impression. Mm, okay. It's like a mental, 
um, uh, it's like a, a, uh, an impression that comes from the inside. Like maybe I get it when I'm just in silence or if I'm in nature or I'm reading the Bible or it can be at any time, but it's like I get kind of a, it's all, it's, it's not verbal, but it can, excuse me, it's not verbal or it can be a little bit verbal, but it's more like I get this impression like, yeah. Well, like, I think sometimes... Does that make sense? Especially when God's speaking through the Spirit. Yeah. Because I think the Spirit, the intention of the Spirit is is to guide us, not That's to force us is. anywhere. So we get a nudge in the right direction. Yeah, it's a nudge. Yeah. And and that's how someone taps you on the shoulder and points at something you should have you should have seen. Right. So that's why we need we need the distractions away cuz those nudges and impressions and stuff uh are really can go unnoticed if we're not paying attention. And so I want to we're bouncing all over and this yeah, is just the way we do it. It is what it is. Um so I have I wrote down my own steps about how to hear okay. God's voice. My well, first one. One other thing before, oh, we, okay. before we go into that, because yeah. I've got some, some steps I, I have too. But oh, okay. One of the other things that I think we, we overlook a lot when we think about hearing God's voice is actually reading his word, which is a strange thing because by definition, the word is the word of God. Yes. So by reading his word and getting into that, into his word, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 uh, all scripture is breathed out, of, breathed out of the mouth of God. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training, and righteousness. But it it is breathed out of the mouth of God. So if we are into the Word, if we if we are studying our our Word and we are into the Word with God, God will speak through that. That's true. That is God's voice right there. It is God's voice, and, and I tell you what, I have as I read through the Bible, I can read through the same passage that I have read through countless times and God will share something new or a new perspective or a new way of looking at things through the word. And, and if I yeah. don't get into the word, if I don't open myself up to that, I won't hear that. I have to spend time in the word to get that. That particular type of communication comes through getting into the word. Right. It's not something you're going to get off a bumper sticker. And two things that come to mind about why it's so important to to read the word, first, it is God's voice because it's his words. But when we read the word, the more we read it, the more we read it, the more we hear how God sounds. And we can start to understand what his, the kinds of things he'd say to us, how he'd say it to us. But another one that I thought of when I was doing all this research and stuff today is that the enemy, Satan knows the word. And he will use it mm. because he used it against Jesus yeah, in the he temptation. Quoted, he quoted, he quoted scripture and tried to use it in a wrong way. Like he took it out of context. Mm-hmm. But Jesus knows the word really well. He is the word of God. I mean, I don't know how all that works together, but Jesus will figure it out when we get to heaven. But uh, I, I looked some things up. So the reason that's another reason we need to know the word because Satan can use it against us to twist it. And just real quick about the enemy, in Genesis 3-2, when he's tempting Eve, we, we, we see that he's a deceiver, he's a liar, a manipulator. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, Paul says that he can come even as an angel of light. So he's a master of disguise. He can come any way 
to us using that word of God. And he also, like I said, he knows scripture. And so for that reason alone, we need to know scripture because if, if, if your enemy uses your weapon against you, well, you don't have a weapon anymore. First, he's got the advantage then. And then where are you? But anyway, that's kind of off track, but not really. No, I think that I think that fits right in. Well, my okay, my three steps to hear God's okay. voice. Let's hear them. Okay, so first was go to a quiet place, and I already read that one from Matthew six six, and about how you'll begin to sense His grace when you just the focus will shift from you to God, and you'll begin to sense His grace. So you need you need to get away from the distractions. You need to give time, God time to speak because you have to kind of. I like how it how Eugene Peterson translated this. You'll, your focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. That mm-hmm. takes some time because we are so ingrained in the world, whether we want to or not. We're just, we're in society. We have to pull back and then we got to give our si- self and God time to realign ourselves, do you think, so we can hear? Right. Kind of like when we have to unwind before we can actually have a dis- a. Uh, before we can have a, a good conversation, you know, you need to unwind from work. Um, if I've had a stressful time, like tonight, I had stressful times with the vehicles, and I just kind of had to unwind from all that, and and then we could talk. And so why would it be different with God? But my second one... Well, just, oh, go ahead. Let go me ahead. just continue on with that thought just a little bit. Um, we talked about creation, and Jane, you know this as much as anybody... Um, when I get on my horse and I just go, I just, I'm not tasked with anything other than I just love it riding. when you go on your horse. Um, there's something that, uh, I believe it was Winston Churchill said, the outside of a horse is good for the inside of a man. There's something about that, the rhythm and the peacefulness and my communication with my horse is always soundless. I do it with my hands and my legs and my body. I don't, I don't speak out loud. Although I can, he's a good listener. But I, I usually am just very quiet, and that's when I get myself away from everything. And maybe it's the focus of doing things with my hands and letting my brain just go into neutral when my hands do the work, my body works. But for some reason, that's when I really, really, really am open to that communication with God. You know what I think? It, I mean, it is what you said, but I mm-hmm. think this goes along with, like, creative stuff. Mm-hmm. You're going out. So that's why I think... Partly we need to all need to have some kind of creative outlet in our lives. Sure. Whatever it is, it can be anything. But I think riding a horse is creative. You're doing it different things. But it allows our to inhabit a time where we're really just in the moment. And I think that's a kind of eternity type of living when we're just right. in the moment and God can speak to us in that. Or maybe there's not even uh, any nudging or, or, or an impressions or anything, but there's just kind of a healing that takes place when we're living in those eternity moments. Yeah. I, I've, I've felt moments like that too. And I really miss the fact that we, at one time we had a house where I put a wood stove in and we had wood and had a glass door and you could see the, see the flames but i love that i grew up around wood burning stoves all over the place and there's something about sitting there quietly with a fire crackling and for me it was always sitting in a rocking chair with a little one in my arms Mm. a baby sleeping in my arms brings me so close to god there's just something about there's peacefulness there 
and it's a peacefulness that you're not forcing, that you're not trying to, to falsely create something. It just is a, like you said, it is that moment. It's that moment yeah, in it's, time. Yeah, it's that Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. Exactly. Or cease Where striving. You just, you just get that. That feeling of peacefulness, and then God's voice is so clear in those moments. That goes with the first step. Go to a quiet place. Mm-hmm. That is how we go to a quiet cl- place. We have to become still within, and then we'll know. Then we'll sense God. And that's the that's the double entendre of a quiet place. It's not just a place where there's no out- exterior noise. Right. It's a quiet place inside yourself, too. Yeah. So my second one... Uh, my second step to hear God's voice is we need to listen. And, I mean, that makes sense, but sometimes we, even with a conversation, we aren't listening. And just real quick here, I have, um, well, I have a bunch of stuff about how to hear, know it's God. But I got off of Forbes.com, 10 Steps to Effective Listening. Mm. And uh, I'll just read them, and, they, you know, some of them, work better person person of course but okay one we're supposed to face the speaker and maintain eye contact Mm -hmm. so with god that could be looking to god but with us you really know someone's listening when you can touch eyes you know Mm -hmm. to be attentive but relaxed which means be present give attention Remain ready to serve. That's what they had in there, which I thought that was interesting. Remain ready to serve. So you're open to the other person you're speaking or listening to. Keep an open mind. And they had this... So just hear, listen to what God says or listen to what another person says. Don't be quick to judge what they say. Like, oh, I don't agree with that. Or wait. Because it says if... What she says alarms you. Go ahead and feel alarmed, but don't judge. As soon as you indulge in judgmental bemusements, you've compromised your effectiveness as a listener. Yeah, that's something I used to teach when we were at the academy, too, about active listening, even through interrogations when I was in the Army. Um, the concept of active listening is really wrapped into the, the point of being 100% receptor. Oh, that's good. Because if you're not... All you're doing is waiting for a pause so you can answer. And if mm. you're formulating something in your brain while you're supposed to be listening to someone else, you're not hearing what they're saying. Mm. You need to actively be seeking the opportunity to listen. Well, and we could do this with God. Exactly. Because he, uh, we might really get an impression he's telling us a certain thing, and we automatically could dismiss it and say, that is not possible, God, which is really arrogant if we'd ever say that to God. But... Uh, we do this all the time with with people. You know, someone makes a is talking to us about something, and we either don't agree or we're like, no, 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 that's impossible. And and we don't we don't we don't well, say open. Well, we're formulating an answer before we even hear what they're going to say. Right. We already have our point ready to roll before they say anything, or we're just waiting for an excuse. Give me this, that one thing that I can grab a hold of and attack you with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, when we do that, we miss everything the other person is saying or everything God is saying because, again, we're wrapped up in ourselves. The ins- the noise inside us is not is really, overwhelming the peace. I like what you said, be a total receptor. Is that what mm-hmm. you yeah. be a re- Just be a total receptor. So when we go to God and we want to hear from him, that's how we should be. 
just totally receptive. And I quickly, I just, we need to know who God is. And the more we listen to him, the more we read his word, we will know him better and better. But I always think of an old, old style telephone. And I'm dating myself here, of course. You mean like a. Like one that was still hooked to the wall. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> it had one place that went to your ear and one place that went to your mouth, and they were two separate things. Yeah. You could speak and not listen, and you could hear and not speak. Both things were possible there. Nowadays, with we're recording this right now on a smartphone where it's a speakerphone, and if someone was talking to us, we could talk over each other and everything else. But there's a time to speak and a time to listen. Yeah. And God wants us to speak to him. He loves to hear from us. But there's also a time when we're supposed to stop speaking and use just the receiving end of that and just listen. Right, right. Um, well, let me share just a little bit. Uh, know what God sounds like when we're listening. Mm-hmm. So from 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 8, this is the love chapter. And um, the characteristics of love in that chapter is patient, kind, not jealous, doesn't brag, humble, not selfish, doesn't hold grudges, rejoices with truth, honest, bears all things, believes all things, hopes, endures, doesn't fail. So God's voice, God is all those things. Mm-hmm. Romans 8, one says there's no condemnation in Christ, so God never condemns us. God does convict, but there's a whole different difference between condemning mm. and convicting. Uh, like if you do something wrong in the world, voices from the world are so quick to condemn, say, oh, you're a loser, you did that. I mean, you can see how they do with celebrities. They're so quick to turn on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're wonderful this day. Tomorrow they do something. Oh, they're awful. And and that's not God. That's not conviction. That's just condemnation. And there's no condemnation in Christ. And uh, what I know you want to say something. Go no. ahead. Oh, I'm just listening. Oh, well... <clears throat> And then there's also the the fruit of the spirit; those kind of go with the love. But I wanted to two two chapters that are really good about what God's voice sounds like uh, or is. Um, Proverbs eight and nine, mm-hmm. and Proverbs eight begins that wisdom. It's it's they personify wisdom in eight and nine. But how wisdom is at all the intersections, everything they're trying. Wisdom even is trying to yell over traffic, even. Um, trying to get our attention. So at places in our lives where we have decisions to make, God is there and he wants to, he wants to get our attention and, uh, he wants to stop us from, he has only things. the best intentions yes, for us. Yes, best intentions. And, and oftentimes when we're doing something that's going to be harmful to ourselves in one shape or another, uh, it's because we're not listening. Yeah. So. Oh, there's other characteristics in 8 and 9. I wrote them down. If you got down. teenagers, you understand that concept. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, God's voice is always true, right, um, disciplined, knowledge, sp- speaks nobly, prudent, righteous, wisdom, sanity, discretion. And when I read that word discretion, I thought of Joseph and Mary when mm-hmm. uh, in the very beginning – uh, Mary told him she was pregnant with God's son, and of course that seems crazy. And Joseph was a, a man of God, so he wanted to discreetly dis- divorce her, mm-hmm. uh, so not to bring shame on her. And and that's what I thought of. He discreet discretion is 
it's kind of a lost art in our world. People aren't really discreet well, anymore. True. It's like they don't care. Um, God is never prideful or arrogant, even though he could be. Uh, good counsel, insight, virtue, understanding. If you seek well, wisdom, God, you'll find him. And I, I love what you're saying there, and I agree with all of it. And I, I'd like to, I've got a few yeah, go ahead. here. I got this from Bethany Global University's website. It's, I thought it was really nice. Bethany just, what? Bethany Global University. Oh, okay. And they were talking specifically about how to listen how to hear God's voice. And I love these points. The first okay. point, they said, position your heart. Oh, that's good. Now, position your heart means you have to know him. If you're going to have a conversation with someone, a meaningful conversation where you want to hear what they're saying, you need to get to know that person. Mm-hmm. You need to have something, an understanding with them. And second point, prepare your mind. Clear out all the junk. We talked about that already. And speak to God. He loves to hear from you. And one of the challenges, and this was something that, um, again, I learned through past positions that I held in different things, you should always ask open-ended questions of God. Hmm. Don't ask God a yes or no question, because that's not really listening for an answer. That's listening for a shake of the head. If you want to hear from God, ask Him what He thinks. Like, what should I do? What would you want me to do at this this time, Lord? What, What are... I'm at a dilemma here right now. What is your will for me? Don't mm. say, should I do this or should I do that? Because you're not really listening for an answer. Mm. You, just, you just want somebody to give you a yes or a no. And in doing that, again, that open-ended question entails a relationship, knowing mm. someone. I had a, a young man that I coach in football and powerlifting and teach. Um, and he's a great young man, but he is challenged with autism, and he's face-blind. He looks at people and does not see emotion. He cannot see if someone's upset with him or happy with him or anything. He's, he's really confused with, with social relationships. And sometimes he will walk up to someone and he has a tendency to stand a little overly close and just stare at them. Mm. And it makes people very uncomfortable. And I just, I laugh about it. And I've tried to explain some of the other ones that might get a little upset with him for doing that. He's just trying to get to know you. Yeah. But he's not comfortable starting a conversation because he doesn't know how you're feeling right now. Mm. So he'll just stop and stare and wait for you to say something. Mm. If we have that, if you have that relationship or had that reaction, if someone came up to you on the street that you did not know and just stopped and stared at you and waited for you to speak, yeah, you could be creeped out. Well, not just or that. uncomfortable. But it, but it would also be a strange conversation, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Because you didn't know that person. Mm-hmm. And God's the same way. I'm going to sit here, God, to you, talk to me. Oh, really? Have that relationship. Build that relationship. Mm-hmm. The third step that they mentioned in, in this article was ponder the Word. And we've talked about that. How yeah. the more you spend, the more time you spend in the Word... God will reveal and peel that onion so many ways. That is the huge blessing of the Word, is that it is such a such a wonderful living creation. It is the breath of God, and He will show you things over and over and over, new, new things. When I became a pastor, that's one of the things I, I was worried about. I've had pastors before. I even had one that offered to give me his his portfolio of sermon outlines, and I'm not comfortable with that. That's not how I do things. I, God 
God uses me in a different way when I'm preaching. But I thought at one time, I thought, boy, it'd be easy to run out of ideas. I think about these guys that have been pastors for 50 years, and they got to come up with a sermon every Sunday for 50 years. You think about that. That's a lot of sermons. But I've already preached on the same passage in the Bible with two different, completely different sermons and completely different perspectives because the depth and the breadth is so wonderful. Um, the fourth step that they mentioned here was that you need to be praising God with your soul when you do hear from here. When you hear from him, acknowledge it. Understand oh. what a gift it is to hear from God. Because when you put enough emphasis on it that you praise him for it, mm-hmm. you remember that. It sticks with you. It stays with you. And finding it again, going back to it again, is easier. And you will understand the blessing that comes from that. I want to qualify that, though. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you hear praising God, well, when I, I should say, when I hear praising God, I think, oh, that means I'm supposed to, like, be all, I don't know, emotionally happy when I'm praising him. But... It's not just acknowledging him. I, I guess I'm, I'm. I don't I'm, see. I don't. I guess I didn't see it as praising him as jumping up and down as much as just simply. Thanking. I guess the word praise is hard. Well, I was thinking of that Casting Crown song, I'll Praise You in This Storm. Yeah. When things are going bad, I'll still praise you because you're still God. I guess you're you, God. Yeah. And when I hear from God and I. You know, I hear you, Lord. I guess it's just because acknowledging the, who he is. Yes, and where you're the creator where he is. of heaven and okay. earth, and you are all. You don't have to be super happy. No, 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 okay. no, no. Okay, no. sorry, go ahead, go back. Um, another thing you, you should be doing with this, when you hear from God, share it with people. Hmm. There are people that will help you understand. You may not have heard it clearly. And you could take it to a mentor or someone who you are close with, a, a close brother or sister in Christ, and say, you know, I felt God speaking to me last night, and I'm not sure exactly what what it was, but I felt, and someone might be able to help you clarify that. God loves mm-hmm. us to share his word. That's We've been told to, to, to spread the word of God, so I think that's there also. And then the last step, of course, is you never, ever stop learning how to listen. Hmm. That's true. I've noticed that with us. I mean, we'll be married 26 years in May, and... Well, our relationship, you know, just gets deeper and deeper, and we... Finish each other's sentences? Yes. Oh, you're crazy. But, I mean, <laughs> we understand each other a lot yes. more. I, and, and more nonverbal things can be are said. I, I guess that's the other thing I wanted... I keep thinking of our son, Hawken, who doesn't talk, but he communicates to us because we know him. Mm-hmm. And we understand... Well, don't always understand what he wants, but... Mm-hmm. Like this today, when it's bitterly cold, it's way below zero today, and he had to go outside, and he was making his I'm not happy noises the entire time we were out there because he doesn't like the cold. And But it's not always that, like that. It's just, I don't know. You know. Well, I, and that relationship develops, the communication gets more subtle. Yeah, and I think that's the way it is with God, too. The, right. the longer you walk with God... And the more you listen to him, the well, that is true. That's something I want. The better you'll, the better you will listen to him. The sure. more, the easier it is for you to hear him, right? Because you'll you'll start to understand his voice, and 
and you will be able to hear him all the time and and uh but it it takes practice it's it just, does. i mean it takes practice in a marriage to to become good listeners so <laughs> so what why even more so with your relationship with God your closest relationship you need to it takes time to to really be able to listen to him and respond to him and God is okay with you taking that time he doesn't if you've only been walking with him for a short time he doesn't expect you to be like perfect at hearing him we'll never be perfect at hearing him but it's yeah it's that that development of that relationship it's worth the time to develop that relationship yeah. And that sensitivity will increase. The more you know someone, the more you can read that body language, the more you can pick up on the subtle, the quiet, the gentle things. So someone doesn't have to be screaming things for you to understand them. Um, When I'm riding horses and stuff, as I start a young colt, I have to be much more obtuse with my signals. They have to really see a big signal to understand what I want. As they develop, it gets to be less and less. And the goal is, in the end, to have them... It looks like if you see a very well-trained bridle horse and and an experienced rider on that horse, it's like they read each other's minds. Mm. The horse does things, and the person doesn't even look like they're doing anything, and the horse is is changing directions and stopping and spinning and speeding and slowing and all those things. And that's just because they are familiar, so familiar with each other, that the subtlest little change is enough for them to understand each other. And I think that's where we all want to be with God. We want to seek that. and But it has to be an active thing. We have to actively seek it. We cannot sit and just expect it to come. And that, I'm, I'm thinking of this, is that that is just the way it has to be. It's not that someone automatically gets that that sensitive to God's voice. It's, it takes time. And it doesn't matter uh, how great you're walking as a Christian. It still takes, it just takes time. And if you want to invest that time, there's nothing better to invest your time in is to be able to get that sensitive to God's voice. Because he is always speaking to us. He always has some, he's always here. And he might just say, hey, good morning. You know, but I... That's pretty every spectacular day, to Every hear day that. when Jane and I pray together in the morning, I've noticed this over time, and I'm not going to change any of it. I don't want any of it to change. But I've noticed that when I start to pray, the first thing I always do is thank God for this day. No matter how bad it might seem to be at the moment, I always thank God for this day. And Jane always starts with, I thank you that you're here. I do. She always thanks God for his presence because he's present at all times. And... I love that concept, and that's hers, and I'm not ever going to take that away from her because that's that's her part of, of our relationship. Our relationship with each other, part of our relationship is our prayer life with God as well. Our connection plus, a, plus our connection with God, which um, that's been such a huge blessing in our marriage. Yeah. It's so important. Well, I, wanna, I suppose we should wrap this up, but uh, if you notice, uh, if you look at our description... We have a uh, an email address now, strictly just for the podcast. If you want to make any comments, or you can make comments on the podcast at the podcast sites. But if you want to send us, ask us questions, or 
or anything, contact us. You can uh, go to janeandshannonetmail.com and we will answer. And we thank you for listening. I want to close with one one more passage. Go ahead. This is a passage from Revelation 3. Revelation 3.20 says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Hmm. I like that. That that intimacy of I will come in and eat with him and he will eat with me. But that he's knocking. I am standing at the door knocking. So right now, if you have not heard from God in a while or you're not sure about this, listen for that knock. Listen for that, that visit. That, that interruption in your life, that interruption in whatever chaos is in your mind, if you stop and listen for it, you'll hear it. Mm. And when you hear it, answer that call because he really has something to say. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. God and bless. We'll come back next week.